This is the explanation for the congregation at prayer for the week of the Ascension of our Lord, May 24th through May 31st. The verse of the week is, as promised, from Matthew chapter 5, that is Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. First of all, it's important to note that you know, uh, you recognize this, and Matthew chapter 5, you know that this is the Beatitudes uh, as part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. So uh, this is the preface then. It, it has to be said that first and foremost, who is the individual that Jesus describes in the Sermon on the Mount, in the Beatitudes? It is himself. Uh, it is himself. The Beatitudes are uh, Jesus' description of himself. Uh, so this is an important thing to realize because it changes your perspective on who are the ones that are blessed. Ultimately, there really only is one who is blessed, who among us uh, hungers and thirsts for righteousness as he ought. Uh, I can think of none. So uh, it is Christ truly who is the one who is blessed. But that's also good because Christ, Christ distributes uh, his blessedness to you. So, if the Ten Commandments are the reflection of Jesus, you, you, I've said this before, you think of it like this, when Jesus gets up in the morning and he looks in the mirror, his reflection staring back at him is the Ten Commandments. The uh, Beatitudes are his job description. What does the Christ do? What does he look like? Uh, this is it. So, uh, then, as it applies to Christians in Christ, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness... Uh, are those of faith. And you see the importance of righteousness even set above uh, worldly food. That isn't to say that God won't provide uh, for the body, because he does. Uh, but righteousness is worth much more than bread. Uh, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of the Father. And as we talked about last week, uh, as the word that proceeds from the Father is also Christ. So, you live not by the bread of the flesh, but by the bread of the Spirit, which is Christ himself. Uh, and if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, uh, fear not, for you shall be filled. This is a promise. It is a guarantee. This is something that will happen. For those who hunger and thirst, they will be filled. Uh, that this is something more important than the needs of the body is illustrated uh, in John chapter 6, when Jesus is preaching to the crowds and he feeds them first. Uh, and then he starts to teach them about what true food is. Uh, not the food of the flesh, but the food of the Lord. And they begin to be upset with him. They don't like what he says. And then he tells them that he is the bread of life and that his flesh is the bread and uh, he loses many disciples that day, is what John records. So they don't want to hear that. They want to come and be fed in the body. They want Jesus to use his powers to multiply loaves and fishes, uh, much in the way that Satan would have him transform stones into bread. But there are things that are, are more important than uh, the bread of the flesh, mainly the bread of the Spirit. Uh, so, where then are they filled? 
those who hunger and thirst. Well, they're, they're filled in Christ, of course. If Christ is the one who truly is blessed and he distributes his blessedness, uh, if he is the one who uh, gives these gifts, well, then certainly you are filled in Christ and in a physical way uh, all the more in the body and blood. So this is uh, what he means then when he speaks about this. So let's say this again. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Catechism excerpt then from the sacrament of the altar. How can bodily eating and drinking do such great things? Certainly not just eating and drinking do these things, but the words written here, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. These words, along with the bodily eating and drinking, are the main thing in the sacrament. Whoever believes these words has exactly what they say, forgiveness of sins. So much like with baptism and its explanation, you have here sort of an interesting uh, rhetorical feature. Certainly not just eating and drinking do these things. Uh, But of course, like with baptism, certainly not just plain water, but it is water. Certainly not just eating and drinking, but there is eating and drinking, you see. So there is eating and drinking. uh, And it is also, though, the words written here, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. So the verba, the words of Christ, the words and promises of Christ, really. And these words that uh, go along with the eating and drinking. Why? Because Christ says, take, eat, and take, drink. And when Christ invites you to that table uh, and gives you the food and says, here, take this and eat it. Here, this is uh, something good for you. Here, take, drink. This is something that will cure you. Uh, You take it and you eat it. It's really that simple. So the eating, the bodily eating and drinking of bread and wine, the elements, along with the verba, the words of Christ, these are the main thing in the sacrament. And whoever believes these words has exactly what they say, forgiveness of sins. Who are they who believe then? That's the, that's the question. And how do, how do we speak of belief? Uh, well, belief is this. Remember, faith uh, agrees with Jesus. So when you believe, when Jesus says, take, eat, this is my body, and take, drink, this is my blood, belief says, Amen. I agree. Amen. I'll have some of that, please. Uh, uh, So, this also ties in then with the practice of closed communion. To those who say no, what is a wonderful thing becomes poison. And we don't ever want to poison anyone. So, whoever believes these words has exactly what they say, and that is forgiveness of sins. Faith receives the gifts of God. Faith receives the gifts of baptism uh, and also is created by baptism, somewhat of a paradox. But remember, what is given at the font is nourished at the altar. So faith comes again and again and again to receive that blessed meal of righteousness for which it hungers and thirsts. And Again, this isn't to separate the soul from the body and to say that it is only the spirit that eats and drinks, uh, because it isn't. Your mouth takes something into itself. Uh, You take the body and the blood. Uh, So there is physical eating and there is physical drinking, bodily eating and drinking. But there's also spiritual eating and drinking as you receive these gifts by faith. So it all combines together 
And this also means then that what is good for the body is good for the soul, and what is good for the soul is good for the body. Uh, Luther mentions this in his large catechism, uh, that anyone who thinks that when you partake of the Holy Eucharist, you are doing nothing but feeding your soul, uh, is incorrect. Because the soul and the body are intricately connected. So as you take and eat with this bodily eating and drinking, there is also a spiritual eating and drinking as faith receives the gifts of God, but body and soul are nourished, which is why the dismissal from the pastor includes body and soul. Now may this, the true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you body and soul in the one true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace. Because it's important that you see the connection between the body and the soul and eating of spirit and eating of body and how it all combines together.